Is the NBA too top-heavy? Which teams have a realistic chance of winning the title this year? Which teams will surprise us? And could the MLB season be more interesting than the NBA season this year? Welcome to the USOP Podcast. We'll be discussing those questions and more. I'm Jared. I'm joined by the usual cast of Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and Wyatt. Let's jump right into it. Scrimmages have started up this week in the NBA bubble. Games start on Thursday this week. It's a time to talk about expectations. We're going to start with a heavy question, Lucas. What are realistic expectations for the 76ers? All right, for first-time viewers, first-time listeners coming to you from YouTube or Apple Podcasts or whatever, uh, I'm a huge Philadelphia 76ers fan. You know, arguably maybe my favorite sports team. I'm currently sitting less than a mile from their stadium. With all that in mind, and knowing that I'm a homer, I think their best-case scenario is making the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks and losing in like a tight seven-game series, just missing out on going to the Finals. They've been shaking things up a lot recently. They moved Ben Simmons to power forward in scrimmages and practices. They've slid Shake Milton in as the point guard, um, who's shown sort of flashes of brilliance throughout the season. Great shooter. Um, hopefully he sort of spreads the floor more. And they put Al Horford on the bench, who, if we're being honest, after being signed this season, he had something great. So bringing him on is like energy off the bench, experience, sixth man. So if this move goes well, I think the floor spacing will be better than it was when Simmons and point guard, or Simmons was at point guard and Embiid was at center. Both guys sort of need to be in the paint and penetrate to score, and so they get in each other's way. But if you can sort of spread them out, hopefully it opens up the floor a little bit. Simmons has also apparently developed a jump shot recently. (laughs) Saw a sports psychologist (laughs) to like get past the mental block of like not being able to shoot threes. Like this is a whole thing. Like during quarantine, he went to a sports psychologist. Uh, He's chucking up threes in the scrimmages. So I'm optimistic. That being said, I don't think they've been as cohesive for as long as the Bucks have been. So I don't think they could beat them in a seven game series, but I can see them winning their first two rounds, keeping the Bucks close in the Eastern Conference Finals and just losing out. Where do they go from here, though? I think it, a lot depends on how the new setup goes. If it works, I think you stick with it and run with it for the future. Like, if they make that sort of best-case scenario I've laid out, I think it's the right move. Um, if it doesn't, I think Brett Brown's time is up. I think he's had too much talent on that team for too long to make it to the second round of the playoffs the last year, so that'd be the peak. Um, I think also just that... Even last year, the fact that they only made it to the second round when they had Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick on that team, too, doesn't speak greatly to him. And so I think if they don't succeed up to their potential this season, it's time for them to move on. So do you think do you think that if that you don't you don't think the Sixers can beat the Bucks because the Sixers aren't good or because the Bucks are unbeatable? Which one? What do you think? I think because the Bucks are unbeatable. I think they've just been such a cohesive unit. Um, Giannis is better than any player on the Sixers, and I just don't think like the Sixers have gelled together well enough for long enough to challenge them at this point. Ask me again in the year, though. Like if the Sixers <laughs> like kind of get it together in the second half, or not the second half, this like restart part of the season in the playoffs, I can see them challenging next year. But I think at this point, the Bucks have just been so dominant this year; the Sixers yeah. can't come close. Yeah. My question is, uh, like, did the Sixers love playing at home or just absolutely hate playing on the road? And we we know like the, the splits. Like, we know that at home there at home they were twenty nine and two, away they were ten and twenty four. Um, if they hated playing away, they'll be fine now in a neutral site. You know, so yeah. uh, if they just love playing in Philly, that might work out less well. Um, but in all seriousness, this like the the setup is obviously good for the the Sixers. 
um, the 538 had, they were the team that had the largest advantage from the, the bubble setup, from the neutral site setup, uh, just based on how, yeah, those, those wild home away splits. So it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this is the same kind of dysfunctional Sixers team we've seen or um, if they can get it together in this, in this weird setup. See, I think it is the same dysfunctional team. I, I wrote down as the best case scenario is a second round exit because I think as good as this team Whoa. is, as talented as this roster is, they have not played well enough to earn an Eastern Conference Finals appearance, at least not in my bracket. They're they're good. They're going to run into – I don't actually know what team they run into. I don't know what the bracket – Lucas, do you know off the top of your head? What their it's so tight in places yeah. like three through six at this point that they could be anywhere. Yeah, I mean, really. I just – Still at this point. I, I mean, another I, six. Yeah, right now there's six, but – I like the move to Ben Simmons down to the to the four position and moving Shake Milton into the starting lineup at the at the one. It was really good mm-hmm. shooting, and if Ben Simmons really does develop a jump shot, which by the way he developed a jump shot before the year, and he was letting them fly at the start of the year as well, and yeah. now look where he's at. So I can't put a lot of faith into that report. <laughs> sports psychology but, stuff, but but Wyatt, he had the he had the mechanics down. He just in his head it wasn't. Really yeah, really I never that's changed that. It's but different. I mean, I, I don't see that this team is built well enough now because I think that they screwed it up last year when they let Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick walk. Mm. They re-signed Tobias Harris. Well, I don't think that was maybe the best move, not on a max contract. They added Al Horford, which I don't think was a, a good move at all. I scratched my head when that happened. And now that their best player who they expected to develop in Ben Simmons hasn't gone anywhere, Joel Embiid is still the same player as he was last year because he just can't lock in. And I think realistically, unless they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, they fire their head coach and they move on. And under a new regime, you could say, whatever the coach comes in, they'll decide, you know, maybe we'll try one more year with these two stars. And then I think in two years by now, we're looking at a completely different roster. I don't think either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons would be on there in at least the next, maybe not maybe this year or the, the year after that. You would only give a new coach one year to try to figure it out with them? Yeah. If I was Short a one coach, I would give it. A, uh, no, it's not the. It's not that the coach. And, I, and I'm. I'm not saying this from like an ownership perspective, where I would only let the coach get one year. If I was the coach, I would say I'm gonna try this one year, see what I can do with this lineup. And if they don't go anywhere, then they'll go anywhere, because they've been stuck in the same spot for years. So I mean, the the proof isn't. I mean, they have everything laid out in front of them or behind them, I guess, from the last couple of years of what they're able to do. And if they can't get any further than that, it's time to move on. Yeah. yeah, I think last year was, like, the year for them. Like, if they right. were going to make noise, it was going to be last year. I think, like, the, the players they had on the floor, the setup, the chemistry was perfect. And I just think, like, I can't see it getting any better than their chances last year, which is, like, awful to say as a Sixers fan. But <laughs> I agree with you. I think I can see it being blown up in two, three years down the line. It, it worked for Toronto. They traded yeah. away their they're probably one of their best players yeah. in franchise history yeah. in DeMar DeRozan yeah. and then won a championship. And I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna call it that Philly's winning in, uh, in the next two years. Let's say I mean if they trade Joel Embiid, you know I don't I don't know if they necessarily get Kawhi Leonard type of player yeah. back, but <laughs> yeah. I mean it could be better for them in the way that they play. Yeah. Well, you got, you would think that Embiid would be a hotter ticket than Demar Derozan though, right? He would you no probably for sure. Command, you can command pretty pretty nice for him for sure. No, I agree with that. You probably would. I mean. I don't I know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. If they, if they got rid of Embiid instead of Simmons, I think Simmons 
is the better talent. I think Embiid maybe right now is like he could be overall probably the better player, but I think what Simmons does and the, the way the NBA is going, you would rather keep him if he gets that jump shot going. If he gets the jump <laughs> oh, shot, maybe I mean even. But if he going, played, if he, if Simmons uh... plays the four exclusively, right, and he's like a playmaking four. I, I could see it working where he doesn't have to compete with Embiid or Al Horford on the block, and you just let him play down low, or be like a slashing talent play at the elbow. Maybe at the worst, he he only has to shoot from the free throw line. You know, he doesn't have to pull from three. I, I'm gonna say it right now, not every player has to shoot a deep, a really good three ball because it works for Jimmy Butler to not. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it even works for Kawhi. Kawhi is not a, not like a huge. He's a uh, big on the mid-range game, so mm-hmm. it works for players. All right. All right. Well, why well, don't <laughs> go ahead? Why don't Why don't we switch it over to uh, another hometown team, the Portland Trailblazers? Why? What about, What are realistic expectations for the Blazers? Do you think so? Realistically, I put them as having an entertaining regular season for the regular season quotations for those eight games, and then a chance to play for the number eight spot. I think that they probably having a full team will have be able to play in the play-in tournament, but I don't actually see them getting into the playoffs. Um, when I watched the first scrimmage, I was impressed for like the first half and they finally got Nurkic back and it, it definitely brings like a different attitude to that team. But I mean, I know that mm-hmm. in these are preseason scrimmage games and they pull out their starters. But if you look at the lack of depth on this team outside of the starting lineup, I'm not giving Portland much of a chance because if you pull out CJ or you pull out Dame, this team is losing to against the India Pacers, which they lost uh, in their first game. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've i never been a strong Damian Lillard guy or, or a CJ guy, really, because they're not strong wing defenders. Carmelo Anthony isn't a strong defender. Trevor Ariza is not coming back because he's got to spend some time with the sun. I commend that. Um, and then you're pretty much just kind of hoping that Zach Collins and Nurk hold down the paint but when you play in the West with dynamic guards, you know, so not every player plays in the paint. If they play James Harden in the first round, you know, James Harden doesn't care about going to the paint. You just got to do a step back three. So, I mean, yeah. I I don't see that they have like the, the overall talent or those specialty guys that can really bring this team back together to make up for the deficiencies that Dame and CJ have. Because they had that guy on their team and Trevor Ariza, who was, although is not the greatest ever, you know, anymore in an older age, is still better than what they had, you know, with defensively with their stars right now. Yeah. I can't believe you disrespect the NBA 2K21 cover athlete like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Come on, man. But, but this is, okay, Wyatt, so you don't think, you think they'll make it entertaining, but why why do we even care about this eight seed play-in, really? If they're just, I, if we all think it's going to be Lakers-Bucks, you know, why do we even care? Well, I think from, like, an individual market standpoint, you only care just so that way you can say you made the playoffs a certain amount of times. Because I think, the, I mean, the Pelicans can go, oh, well, we were a playoff team a couple of years ago, but nobody thought they were going to win the championship. The Magic <laughs> have been making the playoffs and nobody's cared about them. I think it's I think it's stupid <laughs> that, you know, people care so much about the playoffs when you're not a championship team, but you can at least put it on a website and say that, hey, I've made the playoffs the last couple of years. Yeah, it's fair. Probably yeah. helps with attracting free agents too, to an extent. Yeah, it's worked yeah. great for Portland. To track those okay. free agents. Yeah, it didn't work great from them from last year going to this year. Um, all right, let, let, I'll just throw this out there. Which team do you guys think is going to surprise people in the in the this regular season start restart and the playoffs? 
Throw out a name. Miami. Miami. Houston I- Rockets. Whoa. Mm. Why do you think that, Lucas? Um, I think, you know, the conventional wisdom is that the experiment there with Harden and Westbrook has kind of failed. They kind of slid right um, before the season was suspended. But I think in such, like, an odd situation and where, like, games are going to be played, like, close together, I think, like, having, like, seasoned veterans helps. And Harden and Westbrook are both guys that can turn it on if they need to. So it's kind of an out-of-the-dark shot. And I don't really have, like, a ton of reasoning other than, like, I think Harden and Westbrook are both excellent players. And if they turn it on at the same time and, and like, can share the ball a little bit, I think they'll do well. Because um, I just think there's, like, so little you can predict about what's going to happen in the bubble because you've never seen it before. So I'll go with, like, two guys that have performed. So I'll pick the Rockets. It's interesting how can... that works. My, my thought actually was the Rockets are one team that will probably, like, disappoint people that the expectations mm. <laughs> are too high. Um, but like for all the same reasons that you mentioned, but just like looking at them from the other view, like I, I agree that the Westbrook um, Harden experiment has kind of failed. And I, I know that they can turn it on, but for me, it seems more like they turn it on like sometimes. And it's like, it's not just like they can flick it on and off whenever they want, you know, otherwise they would like literally never lose. I mean, I know that's not quite what you meant, yeah. but it seems like they, like they're not efficient scorers. They're, they're really high volume scorers. Yeah, you're right that we can't really predict how, how the, you know, like, well, refs call things normally, for example. Will there be more drafts over less? That might affect how James Harden plays. I just think the, the Rockets are actually going to be, yeah, they're going to be um, exposed, if you will. Yeah. And, and I think Westbrook and Harden will actually not be anything particularly special this yeah. year. But You think a first round exit is in store mm. for the Rockets? I wouldn't be surprised, personally. Okay. I don't know. I don't see them getting past the second round. Yeah, yeah. Definitely I mean, if they drop, they could drop to seven and have to play the Clippers. Yeah. And yeah, they'll probably get out. On That's that a bit that of a point, death right? sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, as of right now, as of right now, they played Denver for the first round. Yeah. Which, Which I also is, think they would lose. I would pick right, Denver over them. Yeah, yeah. I agree with, with skinny, you, Mark. A skinny Jokic. And yeah. Yeah, skinny Jokic. You can't, <laughs> skinny you can't mess around Jokic. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I don't know if you guys saw the, the, the big lineup that they ran out with. You know, mm-hmm. Against, I want the big lineup, right, with Bull Bull and Jokic playing the, the point, and then against um, the Rockets' small <laughs> lineup where P.J. Tucker is their center, and I want to mm-hmm. see how that goes. Dude, Bull Bull, yeah, something, uh, an X factor to, uh, to watch <laughs> out for. <laughs> yeah, well, why, why, do you, why do you say Heat for your pick? Yeah. I, I really well. I mean, I feel like I'm Jimmy Butler's biggest fan now. At this yeah, point. I, I keep talking about it. I love Jimmy Butler and I love everything that he brings. But their team is really good. It's really deep. I mean, if you think about it, and especially with the way that the East lines up, um, as of right now, Miami would play Indiana, which I don't want to give Indiana a chance. But I mean, let's say they meet the Bucks and they have Andre Iguodala and Jimmy Butler to play the wings, and they have Bam Adebayo and Udonis Haslam to play down in the paint. You kind of get to pick and choose which way Giannis plays. And I'm really only doing this because I believe that they have a really good matchup with the Bucs. Uh, I think that there's entirely a possibility they'd never see the Bucs, depending on who knows really what happens. But I think they're a really strong defensive team. Um, I think they match up really well with the Bucks. And despite their number one and number two guys, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, not being like super strong three-point shooters, they're actually one of the best three-point shooters sh- shooting team in the league. And somebody told me, not told me, but I was watching something that said that um, because there's no fans behind the backboard, 
that the depth perception is really good for shooters from three. <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of don't get distracted. Uh, I, I would like their chances to see and, and how that might be uh, affects the way they play. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That is interesting. Okay. Yeah, are we just going to see like 125 point games like every day? <laughs> just, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, okay. Well, so everyone speaking of like the, uh, the some matchups like Bucks and Lakers, I think ev- almost everyone I've heard has said it's going to be Lakers Bucks. Uh, but could the conference championships be more interesting than that? Bart, which conference do you think is going to have a more interesting race, the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference? Uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be the well the race I think will be the Eastern Conference. I think the West if if the conference finals aren't the Lakers Clippers, I would be very very mm-hmm. surprised and I think most people would probably agree with that. I love the Nuggets personally, huge skinny Jokic fan. Um, <laughs> but if if it manages to not be Clippers Lakers, I'd be surprised. On the other hand, the East seems wide open for the most part. Like yeah, the Bucks will probably be the the, the one team. Yep. But I mean, I could see any of the Raptors, the Celtics, the Sixers and even really the Heat being that other team in the conference finals. So it seems like that that race for that second spot will be really interesting. Um, as as for the actual series itself, I think the Western Conference Finals will be electric, and that'll be the best series. That might actually really like be a effective like finals um, as far as like which series shows the actual two best teams in the league. Uh, I think everybody wants to see Kawhi LeBron. It's like mm-hmm. they both have two superstars. I think Lakers Clippers would be a really really great matchup. So that'd be better in that sense but the race to get there i think in the east is wide open um and uh, as opposed to the west where it's probably just gonna be lakers clippers which is super predictable yeah, yeah i think seeding games are also a lot more important for the east too like going into those eight games because whoever gets on like the other side of that bracket from the box um is really lucky like whoever snags like the two the three seed i think is in a much better position than whoever gets the four and the five seed because they all have to play the bucks in the second round Whereas I think if you get like the three seed there, you like the Raptors are a beatable team if you're the Celtics, if you're the Sixers, if you're the Heat, where and you can get to that conference finals. Whereas I think whoever plays the Bucks in the second round is going to lose. And while it might not make like a tangible difference, like they'll lose the Bucks eventually, whoever. I think like getting to that conference finals feels like a bigger step than crashing out in the second round against the Bucks. Yeah. Well, the the seeding's pretty interesting in the Western Conference too. Theoretically, I think the Mavericks could could take the two seed. Theoretically, uh, I believe there's there's enough games to do that. Um, but yeah, they're they're not they're not very separated far from three to six, isn't? Um, I think the Mavericks could cause some havoc. To be honest, I, I possibly even against the Clippers. You know, um, Luca was looking very good near triple double. Obviously, in the, uh, I think his last game out. So, I I, I don't think the Western Conference. I don't know. LeBron always tears through the conference finals, but. I don't know. I, I I think there's enough star power, like Lucas was saying, with the Rockets for them to, to wreak some havoc, I think. Quick interesting tidbit about the Mavs. Uh, I was looking at offensive ratings. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and the Mavs, I have not heard anybody mention this. They have the highest offensive rating since the three-point era of any team ever in this shortened season. It blew my mind. Granted, yeah, yeah. of the t- of the top like 20 teams on that list, they also had the lowest defensive rating. So it really doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, they, they were scoring like 116 points per 100 possessions, which is nuts. I mean, yeah, you're right. Luca, Luca and, and has been electric this year. So I, I could see that, but yeah. So they just need to make sure Porzingis shows up for a COVID test so they can play. That's, that's the big hurdle, but yeah. Is he not there? 
No, he didn't show up for a a COVID test. Yeah, I guess to get like tested, you have to get tested every day, and he didn't show up, yeah. so he couldn't play in the game, mm. which is dumb. But it was it was a scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, do you, which teams for all you guys realistically have a shot at winning the title? Like teams where you'd be like, yeah, I would not be surprised if they win the NBA title. Realistically, the Bucks, yeah. the Lakers. And the Clippers. And, I mean, yeah. I'm going to throw it out here, Boston. Mm. Boston. I like. I really like Boston. I think we kind of forget how good this roster is. From Ken, er, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, Gordon Hayward. Actually, I forget who plays the center. Probably isn't Enius Cantor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I, they, they really, from, from two to four – and even kind of one, they can guard any position. They can play any position. I think Jason Tatum is a great player. I think he'll be at some point, if not top three, if not the best player in the league, he'll be top three best players in the league in the next like five years. I really like that team overall. And they're well coached. So they're in there. They're on like the really low end. As far as my championship teams, if I was really to bet money on it, I would bet Lakers, (laughs) Bucks or Clippers. But you don't think Miami has any shot then after singing all their praises? To win a championship, I think that they could they could make it into the finals. I don't know if that they would beat the Lakers or the Clippers. Okay, gotcha. That's why I, I really honestly feel like the Lakers Clippers matchup. If we get that, might be the, the real championship of the playoffs <laughs> this year. But yeah, interesting. So, do you guys think the NBA is too top heavy? And if so, is that is that a problem? Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely top heavy. I mean, looking at the the stats, the in the 2010s, the 2011 Mavs are the only NBA team lower than a two seed to win the title. And since I think 1996, no team seeded lower than a three has won the title. So it, like it begs the question of as as we were talking about earlier, does the play in game for the eight seed matter? Like, does the seven or eight seed or any of those teams matter? Like, no. <laughs> like at the moment, they don't. Yeah. Um, and so it does. And I don't know if that's a problem with um, like the NBA at the moment, or just a problem with the sport of basketball, and that it's like, like the the better team wins generally. Yeah. Um, it so measures I, I it measures skill too too perfectly. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the worst team will always lose. Uh, but, no, uh, but but more than a lot of other sports, that that is yeah. true. Um, so so I don't know how you solve that problem, but it, but it what? does feel like the top heaviness is brought out by like a, a really long, you know playoff structure where we're dealing with you know five six seven eight seed teams that probably don't matter well i mean it kind of goes back to the oh sorry go ahead no you go ahead i I was just gonna say it goes back to the whole like the common point of the nba being so superstar driven and there's just like a small handful of players in the nba who are like really really elite top level players yeah and so they're always the ones who drive that that top level of teams and so i don't know i don't know if there's a way to fix that Yep. I don't know if it's if it's a problem per se, but I think that's part of the reason too. Okay, well, assuming yeah. that everybody stays on their team and that there isn't a whole lot of movement, I think that there will be a lot of parity in the next couple of years. Uh, I mean, given just next year the way that Brooklyn is going to come back with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, the way that Golden State's going to come back with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry and mm-hmm. all of them. But I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of teams are really young. Boston is still a young team. Jason Tatum is still he's getting better. Yep. Ben Simmons can still get better. The Denver Nuggets are incredibly young all around. Uh, Dallas, 
Luka can get better. Kristaps um, Porzingis can get better. Can keep going. <laughs> the Memphis with John Morant. New Orleans, who I really believe in their roster, with Zion and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, they can all get better. They still have Drew Holiday. I mean, a lot of these teams, Atlanta, who knows where they can go with Trey Young. I mean, a lot of these mm. teams can get better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm, I don't, I'm not going to say Atlanta's a team. Phoenix, I, I mean, they're talented they're roster-wise. Uh, Sacramento. But I think that there will be a lot more going forward with a lot of stars who are under – you know, 25, 26 years old now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also like important to note too. I feel like I almost always hear this in the context of like, like the NBA is so predictable, but I feel like it is just sort of a factor of basketball because it's so superstar driven. And because there's so few players on the court that it's always sort of been this way, like the eighties, you have the Lakers yeah. and the Celtics in the finals pretty much every year. You have the Sixers make it a couple of years at the end of the decade. The Pistons were decent, but pretty much always Lakers Celtics in the nineties. It was the bulls with the little gap for the Rockets in the middle. Yeah. In the early 2000s, you had the Lakers dynasty, and then you had the Warriors dynasty and the Heat. And, like, so I just feel like it's a factor of basketball. And, like, I think you just – you have to accept it if you're going to watch it. Like, whoever the superstars – whatever team the superstars on will likely dominate. And, I, I mean, I love basketball still, but I think it's just, like, a factor of what you have to consider when watching yeah. the game. Yeah. Though I do agree with Wyatt that it's – moving in the right direction like yeah. looking at like 2014 or 2015 through 2018 whenever lebron was on the Cavs, like you knew every single year the finals were almost certainly going to be Cavs versus warriors like you know the, the pacers made a little run there and now like i think it's going to be the lakers i think it's going to be the bucks but i could see it not being either of those teams so i think like you're adding that level of uncertainty and you're starting to see like more parity emerge in the league well it'll still be probably driven by the top few teams I don't know if it's necessarily going to be as like one dimensional as it has been the last five or so years. Yeah. Yeah. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Sorry. Um, There was an episode once upon a time where I suggested that other sports go to a one game playoff (laughs) format like like football does. And I, okay. Maybe one game is a stretch for the NBA, but you would be lying to yourself if you said that having like three games or maybe even five would not be a little more fun because it would make things a little more unpredictable. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. 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 But anyways, what were you saying? Yeah. No, I was just going to say that I agree with Wyatt that we're heading towards murkier waters in a good way and that I don't know who the best team in the NBA is going to be in the 22, 2022 season. You know, like yeah. we're like as LeBron fades and a lot of the established stars fades and we have like a whole new group. Um, yeah. Like we're going to be dealing with like maybe three or four teams per conference, like actually being in the discussion for having a chance at the title, which we're not totally at that like as we just like in our uh title discussion like we had three teams mentioned so, like ideally we'd have we'd have you know a, a few more than that so yeah so and i just want i want to throw toronto's name out there because i didn't i didn't <laughs> yeah. mention toronto when i was naming the names but i, I toronto's a good team as well go ahead jared <laughs> yeah yeah they're on pace for the same amount of wins as last year yeah so <laughs> or they were yeah but <laughs> yeah yeah, is Kawhi actually that good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Drake, okay? It's all it's all that that yeah, Drake that, energy. Okay? Yeah, big Drake energy. <laughs> all right. Well, um, switching gears a little bit, the MLB started up this weekend. I know Aiden is excited about it. I know Wyatt didn't watch probably more than thirty minutes of MLB games, but the MLB is making yeah. <laughs> moves to make the product more exciting. So I'm just gonna throw this out here, okay? Like barring a a cancellation due to COVID. Obviously, that's a specter hanging over the league. 
with like expanded playoffs, a sixty-game <laughs> yes. season, is it possible that the MLB is more interesting than the NBA this season? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna start out with the yeah, as, as Jared uh, kind of alluded to the COVID disclaimer. <laughs> we yeah. could potentially see the the MLB be shut down in the next week or so. Um, as <laughs> yeah, I'm sure most of you know, the Marlins saw uh, 12 players, 14 test positive. Yeah, I think it was yeah, 12 players and a couple coaches, or yeah, maybe the numbers increased yeah. um, over the weekend test positive. Uh, so that, that led to the suspension of a couple games today. Um, and like we all on this show, like we, we can see the future. We had, we had predicted this would happen. Yeah. Um, but um, the fact that's the Marlins means that the NBA, I mean, the, the MLB probably won't care that much um, as opposed to, well, you know, too. like 12 Marlins. Exactly, yeah, Marlins are currently, I think, in the, in the first place in the, you know, competitive NL East. But yeah. we all know that 12 Marlins are worth, you know, a half a Yankee or maybe <laughs> one Dodger. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but yes, that, that is the big dis- disclaimer here. Like we could see, uh, especially if I, I think some of the teams the, the Marlins were interacting with are, are being tested like yeah. today and um, at this moment. So if something goes wrong there uh, and it's clear that spread, I think we could see a shutdown happen soon. Um, but anyway, um, Jared is correct in that the, uh, the MLB is, is really trying to, to make itself more exciting this year. And I, I think they're um, using this year, this, you know, kind of abbreviated weird season as an excuse to try out a bunch of random experimental things that uh, like a lot of the baseball traditionalists wouldn't have, let pass uh most years but yeah. but yeah to start out we got the fact that it's a, a 60 game season as opposed to 162 162 162 games is very intimidating uh to try and you know sustain interest in so that, that's like a whole factor on its own but um in the past week on the on the eve of opening day we had the expanded playoffs announced so we're, we're going with the nba model of uh 16 teams uh, instead of 10 uh which which we usually have and uh yeah those who have those who are loyal listeners, which is you know most of those listening, I'm sure, um, know that I uh, I'm not a big fan of the NBA playoff format. Um, I understand in 2020 the idea that like in the normal very long baseball season you'll have ebbs and flows, you'll have teams that surge late, and you want to give them a chance uh, this year with kind of expanded playoffs. I, I get that, uh, but I honestly think the format is horrendous in terms of just the number of games. Uh, the first round will be a three game series. So the one seed will be playing the eight seed in a three game series. Uh, and so for but some do you want perspective, the one seed, do you want the one and eight seed to be playing a one a one game playoff? That's no, I don't. I don't think they should be playing a one game playoff. I think they should be playing longer. Well, I think the, gotcha. the playoff should be shortened okay. in the first place. But like for for perspective, well, we all we all know baseball is very random. But the Marlins, the worst team in the National League last year, took two out of three games from the the Nationals, the eventual World Series champions okay, in the series gotcha. last year. The, the Detroit Tigers, easily the worst team in baseball last year, who won, went 47 and 114, took two out of three games from the Yankees in a series last year. Anything can happen in a three-game series. Uh, and so oh, I, I've been I, seeing I'm, this. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm more excited. I, I know part is all about this. No, because we're going to see a team like a under 500 eight seed beat a one seed this year i'm booking it that one eight seed is going to win their series i honestly like, if we make it that far i, I yeah. do think Ooh. that's going to happen just based on random chance here um and based on analysis since 1995 the the average season would have two playoff teams with a losing record if we went with the 16 team playoff model so the eight seeds will most likely have a losing record and given the crap shootness of baseball 
they'll have a legitimate shot in that three-game series. So I, I honestly think that part's ridiculous. Um, and honestly, at the moment, I think the baseball regular season is long, but it means something. Uh, at least to me, it's, it's no, it like doesn't. Getting into, it does. <laughs> it does getting not. The, There's no way 162 games means anything. Getting into the playoffs matters in like the regular oh, season matters geez. in baseball. It does not matter in the NBA. No, it doesn't matter seed, in baseball. 160. It, it can it never matter over matter. a span of 162 games. I don't disagree with you, Wyatt, that it should be shortened. But I think that the the regular season in baseball counts way more than it does in the NBA. The NBA yeah. regular season means nothing as far as I'm concerned. Whereas yeah. in the in baseball, like you really want one of those division titles or else you're playing the, the one game wild card playoff, which is a coin flip, as we alluded to. Like you are fighting for that spot because otherwise like you're letting it go up to fate. So I do think that like the playoff format and its 10 team structure means something. And I think we're taking that away by expanding to 16. And I've heard this talked about as an expansion that we'll use in like years later. This is something mm. that the MLB, I think, wants to do. And I do not think it should happen. Um, but anyway. But you have uh, to do yeah, it. You yeah. have to do that in a 60 game season, though, to accommodate the smaller sample size, you know? Like, yeah, so the no, team I, like the 2019 no, Nationals. No. Like you have to do it. Well, you I don't think... have to. Well, yeah. but Bart, you're I, you're a proponent of this, though, right? You like the Rams. This makes it <laughs> yeah, more exciting. No, yeah, I'm mean, saying like if if you didn't add those teams, then like we wouldn't know what we were missing out on, and it would be fine. I mean, you, some teams would just have to deal with it. I, I agree, it's yeah. more exciting, but like I think not, it's going to be used as an MVPs. excuse to try it out and then yeah. keep it, um, gotcha. as I alluded to earlier. I think it's like for this season, whatever. This season's already be kind of ridiculous. But I, yeah. I think it's some form of it might be kept, and I think that is like problematic, personally. All I'm but. saying with this question is the NBA the NBA scrimmages look like and feel like scrimmages. I, I'm sure the games are going to be a little more enhanced and stuff, but the NBA suffers so much more from a lack of fans than the MLB does. Like the MLB really? can put out the cutout fans and put the the ambient like MLB sounds, and it, it it's like it's basically so weird, a summer the game. Ambient sounds. You yeah. know, <laughs> no, I think it works. I think it works fine personally. I, I it's always it like really way nervous. too late. It's always like like yeah. oh strikeouts like count 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 like ah like everyone go wild. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, like um, yeah like there's gonna be right, real though. competition. Yeah. There's yeah. gonna be real competition in the first round of the MLB playoffs. Where like honestly, I don't even. I'm not even gonna watch the NBA playoffs until the conference finals really that's like when the real action is going to start yeah you know no, what i mean I agree on that front. yeah i agree I if it's like the finals like game seven someone's shooting like a late game free throw and it's just like silent <laughs> it's like gonna feel like a joke yeah i i, yeah. I, I for sure but i don't know yeah 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 but anyway i'm rooting yeah. for the mlb yeah. is all no. i'm saying I'm just yeah, gonna yeah, disagree I, with you, 110. percent <laughs> Oh my! God. All the way. I, I, I don't. There's no way it. that I can I'm hear. I, there's no way that baseball could ever put out a product <laughs> that is better than basketball. And and by the way, all those broadcasts you're talking about, where they pump the noise and they have the cutouts. You know what the problem is with all that? Is what? how many times the cameramen cut and pan through empty empty stadium seats. They remind us that there are no fans there. I don't know how many times I saw them pan through the seats where I saw the back of the cutout or they just like they they look over <laughs> into like the deep did you not you know, know it was the cutout Wyatt Were you no like, but, the I mean, but they don't have the to back, but they like, don't oh, have yeah. to keep reminding me that it's a cutout they can cut to something else like baseball baseball the reason why they keep cutting to the stands is because it's so boring on the field that they don't even want to look at it themselves oh that's why <laughs> hey Wait, I, I think I think I think more downtime Jared no I did watch baseball Jared I watched baseball on Sunday 
You were there. <laughs> you were there. He's done his time. He's, you know, he's served it. I've yeah. done my time. All I'm saying, the NBA, yeah. the, in the MLB, they're playing in actual stadiums, though. In the NBA, they're playing on like a high school. It looks like a high school court. Yeah, but the, I, but the MLB but the NBA is wiser down. for that. Yeah, um, the MLB's going to shut down because of playing in actual stadiums. <laughs> That's true. Sorry, but Jared. Pure entertainment value, though. I, I just don't think, I, I just think it's going to be not very entertaining of a playoffs. With lack of parity and like the setting, I just don't think it's gonna be that interesting. Is maybe maybe from for like the a NBA. bracket standpoint? Yeah, for the if NBA. You look at it. If you look at it from a bracket standpoint, and you don't actually watch the games, you just see pictures of the teams' logos fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. Then it might be more entertaining for the playoffs in baseball. But I don't think baseball can put out a product <laughs> that is better and more entertaining than the NBA because it's, baseball is too slow. Yep. And they got to find a way to speed up the game, but it's way too slow. I think that's the crux of it, for sure. It's just a different sport. Yeah, it's it's a different sport. Oh, yeah, it is a different sport. But football's a a different sport, and I would argue that football's just as good to watch, or better to watch than basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as, like, Jerry, I think your initial question was, do I think this will uh, um, drag fans away from the NBA or maybe make the NBA more interesting than... than, or make the MLB more interesting than the NBA, shortened season slash playoffs? Um, and I, I don't think we're going to see anyone sway. I think MLB fans are going to are going to be staying and the NBA fans are like, this isn't going to the new extra innings, you know, rule isn't going to make them be like, oh, maybe I should give baseball a chance. Um, so <laughs> if anything, I see it being like baseball's, you know, changes to try and speed up the game. I see that making an impact over the course of several years of, you know, people maybe, you know, slowly realizing that it's a little less uninteresting than they initially found it. And, but, yeah, know, watch we'll a see. game, Wyatt. Just oh. to be clear, I like the new rules that they have. I like the extra yeah. Indian rules. I actually yeah. like the expanded playoffs, I'm not going to lie. And I think in a 60-game year, it might be a little weird that 16 teams make it in, but I think that it's more likely that people will be engaged, teams will be engaged later in the season if they still have a shot of making it instead of being mathematically eliminated. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm a, so I'm I think that's innings. why they expand yeah. it. I like it overall, yeah. yeah. but I don't think that they can put out a product right now yeah. that's better than basketball. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that's fair for for an NBA fan to say. And I think on the extra <laughs> innings r- rule front, I, I've been... I've been happy with that rule so far. I think it's exciting. I think it's kind of like a college football playoff equivalent in that you start out the team in a, in a like a clear chance to score uh, and kind of yeah. shorten the game based off that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have them, you know, you give them this chance and then they go from there. And it definitely shortens it. Uh, I think all the extra inning games that have happened so far have ended after the 10th, which is you never see. Which is perfect. Yeah. Nobody wants, um, I mean, I game. know nobody's in the stands, um, but nobody but... wants to watch a 17 <laughs> You get the most, you know, you get the most for your money. Are you kidding? Per inning? Yeah, right, Jared. Very I've nice. never been, I've never watched a 17 yeah, inning yeah, game. Yeah. I've never watched an 11 inning game and been like, wow, this is great. It's rough being at an extra inning game with someone who like cares less and then you're like, yeah. <laughs> like is this no, I mean, it already takes too long. You're just trying yeah. to beat traffic at that point. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, God. It's so late at that yeah. point that it's 1 a.m. The traffic is like. <laughs> it is not existent. I All went right, to a but, 15 inning yeah. game last summer, and it was, it was fun. I'll say yeah. it. There but, you go. And I think yeah. it's because I was, I was there in person. I think it's like a very different experience than like being on the couch and being like, it is. Know, yeah, I should go to yeah, bed now. Different. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, my my last fun fact before we close this segment is that in the Royals Indians game, that when <laughs> I think it was the second or third uh, MLB game ever to go into this extra innings rule, and the Royals won the game. They scored a run in the tenth without having an official at bat in the tenth. They started with a runner on second. They had a sacrifice bunt, a sacrifice fly, 
someone walked and then was thrown out stealing, and that was <laughs> the end. So they did not have an wow, actual that's that. interesting. That's going to be a trivia question. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, remember that one. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna end it with another hot take of the week. I think we like we like this segment on the show. Longtime listeners will know that. This time it's it's Lucas giving his hot take of the week. Uh, Lucas, give us give us your take. So my hot take is that Notre Dame should not be allowed to play an ACC schedule or play in the ACC championship if it doesn't agree to be a full member going forward. I want to preface this by saying that I am a huge Notre Dame fan. Oh. Jared encouraged me before to get out all the memorabilia to prove it. So if you're watching on YouTube, I am wearing the shirt from the year they went to the national championship in 2012. I have a flag behind me. That football is signed by Lou Holtz, who the other day compared starting college football during the coronavirus to the storming of Normandy in, ter- in terms of importance. So, oh, boy. So, checks out, checks I'm, out. I'm committed. I love even the problematic Notre Dame people but i don't think that notre dame should be allowed to play in an acc schedule unless they're full members i'm sort of tired as a notre dame fan of being accommodated um just because there's a history there like i think and part of the reason notre dame has gotten so complacent is because people will just accommodate them and treat them as notre dame and we haven't won a national championship in 32 years um so i think we need to stop getting off on our history and start looking towards the future and expecting people to include us plus for people in the ACC, it's totally not fair. Like, they buy into the whole system, and then Notre Dame can just come in and take their spot, take a, cha- take a chance at a championship in a conference away from a BC or a UVA, someone who has, like, a one-off year and might not be as talented but can sort of sneak in. So I don't think if no- I think if Notre Dame wants to play in the ACC, they should play in the ACC. I know this is an extenuating circumstances, but they shouldn't be able to do things when it's convenient or not. If you want to play college football play college football they shouldn't be even in a conference championship they shouldn't be able to allow to play in the acc unless they join the acc no one else gets this treatment and neither should Notre Dame. no matter how many national titles we won in the 40s lucas this is super this is such a short-sighted take from you i'm I'm, I'm (laughs) short-sighted you're uh, you, first off, you gave no arguments. You were just like, yeah, Notre Dame shouldn't be accepted. You sound like the typical people who just crap on Notre Dame. You but know? why should Notre Dame be allowed to play the ACC schedule if they're not going to commit to being a member of the ACC? Well, because they're already doing it. They're already doing they're it. They already, play, they already play five games a year against them. Like, That's not if playing in playing, the ACC. But if they're, playing, if they're playing all their games in the ACC this year... Why shouldn't they be eligible for the conference championship if they're but playing they're all ACC opponents? Less no, we don't even we don't know of their games. Less than fifty percent of their they, games every year against the ACC. They can't compete for a conference title every year. Don't but they're going like, to rearrange the ACC already. They're going to rearrange it so that they play ACC an ACC schedule. They've already. I mean, three of Notre Dame's games are already eliminated. You know. But why should they be able to do that? Why should they be allowed to just play in the ACC if they're not full members, if they're only partial members? Okay, so everybody uh, everybody thinks that Notre Dame just leeches off of the ACC, but the ACC is gaining so much from Notre Dame being yeah. in the conference as well. Like the but they're not in the conference. The, they're not from in the conference. Play, from even playing. <laughs> Notre, Dame's affili- Notre Dame's affiliation with the ACC is no more than its affiliation with USC and that they play them every year. Lucas, they, not- they, don't, they can't win a conference title. They can't get any of their TV money. All they get is the ability to play them every year, which is no different than their relationship with, say, five random teams they play every year. So USC, Navy, Michigan, etc. Throw in your teams. Lucas, but we're talking about this year. You're talking about this year they shouldn't be allowed to be in the conference championship, right? 
You're talking about yes. in 2020. Yes, they in should. They they need a ACC should throw Notre Dame a bone because no, the highest uh, the ACC has um, brings in the least amount of money of the Power Five con- conferences. Notre Dame would just would bolster that playing playing that entire schedule. The highest rated regular season games in the ACC were Notre Dame, Louisville, not Clemson games, not Wake Forest, not UNC. Like like uh, all I'm saying is that the ACC benefits from having being affiliated with Notre Dame. As all I'm yeah, saying. they they yeah. benefit from being affiliated with, but they would benefit even more if they were full members. I don't think that they benefit to a degree that it, it's worth it for them to like sort of grandfather them into the system for this one year, just to like kick them out the next year. Like why? But all, your your argument is basically just that you you don't like that Notre Dame has the pride of being able to do that. That's that's the crux of your argument. Well, because they would be able to buy into the ACC system without having to like do anything for one year ACC for one year they're doing everything yeah. that, that but the they ACC they, teams do for one year but the, the, the ACC doesn't get the benefits of Notre Dame being in there because Notre Dame still is an NBC TV yes, they deal do. they don't get the revenue split yeah and, AC, and they, the ACC doesn't have to share the full amount with them they only share a partial amount so they're keeping more money for the rest of the teams yeah, but what about the Notre Dame only plays five ACC teams a year in a normal schedule? Yeah, this but this year, year we're talking about this year though. It wouldn't be five teams. It'd be a whole. Co- it'd be a whole schedule. Right? It'd be a whole schedule. So what, sure. I don't know what we're arguing. About, you know, Jared, do you think do you think um, Notre Dame should be able to compete for a conference championship if they yes. play this year in the ACC? Yes, if they play all ACC games and like I don't know the one non-conference that people are suggesting, they should be eligible. If they play the same amount in the conference as every other team, why shouldn't they be eligible for this year? No, go ahead, Lucas. I was going to let you take that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your argument, bud. Deflecting straight to me. I think it's just like, for me, it's just a principle thing, and I realize that. But I think it's just like, even if, like, Notre Dame used to play, like, six or seven, like, Big Ten teams a year, and they can never compete for the Big Ten title because they're not officially part of the Big Ten. They're not looped into the system. They're not playing in a, like, the sketch. Like, they're playing maybe all those teams, but they're not playing in the conference. And I think it's just, maybe it's just such a fine line between just like playing all the teams. Yes, but I think labels matter in which like yeah. it shows your commitment to those other teams around you. Like if in fair weather or when it benefits you, you take all the benefits of that conference and yeah. in poor weather, you don't. I think the, the ACC, while they might get some extra TV revenue from playing Notre Dame occasionally, I don't think it should be in their benefit to basically be someone who like joins them when it's convenient Notre Dame Notre Dame is a friend who only calls you when he needs something exactly you you hang out from time to time hold on Jared you hang out from time to time. You may invite him over for like a, a house party or a barbecue, and he's cool. But but when he calls you at three a.m. in the morning, right? That's the only reason he's coming to talk to you, is because he needs you to come pick him up somewhere. And you don't want to you don't want to be friends with those people. You don't want to hang out with those people. But it's exactly why? It's what because they're is. so cool that it's worth it. They're not and that they're gonna, cool. They're gonna hand you because you get money nothing for and it. And you're like, this is this is. They no. say here's twenty dollars for gas in the, money, in and you just did a three hour road trip to go pick him up. <laughs> I don't need your twenty bucks. <laughs> No, I mean, like, what? would I, would I be surprised uh, if, if like every conference just turned down Notre Dame if it went like one by one and Notre Dame asked to play in that conference and everybody was just like no? 
Would I be surprised if that happened? Yes. But would I laugh really hard because Notre Dame kind of deserves it? Yeah. Also, absolutely. Yeah. It is definitely it. annoying how they do that. Oh, but yeah. like, but yeah, I, you're also, I know I agree with you, Jared, though, that it makes sense for the ACC. And so like in that sense, it makes, yeah. it's logical for both Notre Dame and the ACC to be doing yeah. it. But I also agree with Lucas that it's annoying. And ideally, eventually they would just say, okay, we actually don't need the NBC money all that much. Let's just join a conference and be done with yeah. it. Well, they don't. Yeah, it's not yeah, about yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, about yeah. money. It's not about money though, because they would make more. Money. What else is it about then, Jared? No, they then, would make more money. <laughs> they would make more money if they were in the ACC. That's <laughs> not true. Yeah, that's yes, objectively yes, false. No. That's <laughs> objectively <laughs> false. No, Jared, make, look how big that NBC deal is. There's no way 15. that the ACC network makes that amount of money split between its twelve Lucas, Lucas, I know it's great. No, you're wrong. You're wrong, Lucas. That Notre Dame makes fifty. Million a year from NBC. ACC schools get twenty nine and a half million. It would be double. Jack, Each? the AD has admitted this. The A, yes, the AD has admitted this. Like for example, so the ACC brings in twenty nine and a half million for each school, which is the la- which is last amount in the Power Five. The Big Ten, each school gets fifty four million. It, it would be short sighted for Notre Dame to join the ACC. Is that across all That's sports, point. or is that just football? Um. Good question. I, I'm not 100% because if it's because right I think that number is across all sports, and because the ACC brings in basketball. the lowest revenue across all sport, like ACC has basketball then, which gets yeah. distributed to all those teams. Notre Dame probably, I would guess, if you combine all its sports, makes more than 29 million dollars a year. For, from their t- from TV rights, though, no, they don't. They only make 15 well, million a year. Well, from their, from the, from the only relevant one anyway, because that's well, the only football, sport. Yeah, football is the only exclusive one to NBC. Exactly. So they're not they're not making they're they're putting they're leaving money on the table by not joining the conference. Okay, then why not? What's your argument then? Why not? Why 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 can't because they join that? This yeah, this is the argument is because no no other school gets to play in New York, Chicago, L.A. every year, and it's not just for football. It's so they they get kids. We get they get a lot of kids that apply from the Los Angeles area because they play there every year. They get kids that apply from New York or Chicago because they play in those areas. They're where if you're the if you're just in the ACC, you're limiting your like the reason Notre Dame is a national brand because they don't play in a conference. The other the ACC schools are regional brands. Yeah, but, yeah, not but national brands. But is that would that change if they stopped being a national team now? I feel like Notre Dame's brand could. is just like set, and I feel like the recruits are going to start coming regardless. I don't, I don't think the brand matters but, that much for teams because Clemson is in the ACC and they're a national brand. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, they are now. But what about in like ten years when they're not good anymore? No, Notre Dame's see, like, a national brand for it, for its but history. No, but Notre Dame also recruits very well in like the Northeast and the West Coast, but they don't re- recruit very well in the South. And if there's one thing that joining the ACC would help them with, it would be recruiting in the South because they have that presence. Also, if they play in the ACC, that doesn't eliminate a neutral site game. Like they can still play USC every game every year as their non-conference game. They can still play whoever in Yankee Stadium if they want. They still have that national reach. You'd, they just do it within a context of like an established system, which I think is better for them because they need to change something up with their program. No, they Being don't. independent doesn't work. Jared, no, they don't. If, if, if the college football playoffs, by the way, go to eight, which all of you guys want, conference championships will be irrelevant. It won't matter. Really? See, because no, like, I'm not I, just let everybody in. But you talk about Notre Dame. <laughs> no, you, you just, also I'm being talk facetious, about, but still, no, 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 it won't also, matter. But you talk about Notre Dame's recruiting. But like, what has the recruiting done yeah. recently? Yeah, like Georgia. Hold on, the Georgia game. We get the the uh, safety from Atlanta. I, I'm blanking on his name right uh, on the top of my head. 
But like, for example, like CJ Sand, like people, CJ Sanders from LA, from the Los Angeles area, because we play in USC. Like there, there is a benefit from playing. But they can in still play out of conference I, games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but your like, your reach is limited by three more games. It would be three less games that you get to to extend your reach, your geographic. Yeah, but reach. I don't I, I don't think their recruiting has necessarily like produced great results over the past thirty plus years. Like I think something needs. Jared, what Jared? What are the <laughs> combined Kelly. scores of our two like title games? It was thirty to three in the playoff game in twenty eighteen, and then when national championship in twenty twelve, forty two to fourteen. They're, yeah, but like, would we be doing compete. better if we were in the ACC? That doesn't mean we'd be doing better. We just. We I think just, there's. You know. Oh, you always talk about too how like important conference titles are to people too. Notre Dame can only play for a national championship, so they have less to hang their hat on when looking at recruits. They're like, yeah. Like, we made the cultural play a few years ago, national championship six years ago, but you can't advertise with the conference championship in the way that, like, other schools can. Yeah, I mean, is that really... I don't know if that's really a big problem, though. <laughs> is it? It's another thing. I mean, clearly something's not working with their system, and something needs to change. And I think having a consistent regional footprint in an area might be more beneficial to a team than having a wide reach. <laughs> I disagree. I guess that's where it is. There you that's go. That's the end of that argument. I The ACC is getting advantages. It's advantageous for the ACC to roll out the red carpet for Notre Dame. They, they gain a lot from yes. the relationship. Yes, and I was yeah. going to bring this up, but I think my argument might yeah. not be that, like, I don't think it's necessarily disadvantageous for the ACC. I never said that. But I think it's so unfair to the other teams in the ACC to have this other member. No, it's like Walson. For one year, though. Walsh for one year. Out. For one year. If they're, yeah, if they're a full member of, this one year, what, then Think of what what good one conference championship can do for a team. Like That's how Clemson started get a, getting rolling and stuff like that. And I'd be pissed if I were like UVA and I had my like. But UVA doesn't, des- one- UVA doesn't deserve <laughs> to be in there if they lose five games. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, what if I'm UVA and I have my one eleven in one year and could have won the conference championship, but Notre Dame's in it and also goes eleven and one and somehow like flukes its way in? Then just put Notre Dame on the same side as Clemson. It's that easy. You have to beat Clemson to get in the ACC championship. They would literally never do that because they want the money of a Notre Dame Clemson ACC championship game. Uh, We're we're already in the same division as Clemson for the other sports, so who knows? Who knows? It's greed. Lucas, I, I'm disappointed in you sounding like the sad, the sad uh, people that hate Notre Dame for being unique. I'm disappointed. I, in that. Jared, I just think everything it's not that, unique. It's being arrogant. It is oh my arrogant. It's, it's everything that, arrogant. It is arrogant. But, but we can do everything. But yeah, can we they have leverage. Yes, they we have can. The leverage yeah, we have here. leverage. So like, no, I know. I, I totally agree. That's arrogance, and I, it bothers me. But like, it's not going to like Notre Dame's the pretty free agent. You know that like. <laughs> Technically, they could go to the Big Ten if they wanted them. Like, if they wanted to, I'm sure they the would, would be eaten alive. Glad. In the Big Ten. No, oh my god! Yeah, but the Big yes, they would. The Big Ten would be glad. Yes, you would. They would be any would be glad to have Notre Dame, and for that reason, they can toy with the ACC. Like that's yeah. just. Like they the can add, like go chain. in for a year and then, yeah, <laughs> they honestly are. They're definitely Notre Dame side piece. Like it's just yeah, it's, <laughs> it's unfair. Like, um, no, I, it's annoying. I agree. It's annoying, but, but is it unfair? side pieces catch yeah. feelings too. Yeah. 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 Also, not to divert too much, but Notre Dame would beat every team in the Big Ten except for Ohio State. No, yeah. I, no, way. they've done it. Big Ten, no, the Big Ten is the second best conference in college football right now outside of the SEC. 
And, yes, and Notre Dame is not level. No, they're not. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what? The blasphemy. Notre they're not. Notre Dame's they're not. not. Notre Dame's <laughs> the big time. To be fair, Notre Dame's record over the last three years of what is it? 11 plus 12 plus 10, 33, and then they've lost six. 33 and six over the last three years. It's, it's like good. genuinely very it's pretty good. Yeah, Here, Here's on. what I'm saying. You wouldn't beat Penn State. No, that's what? wrong. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely not. You would not. Absolutely not. You would not. End the episode on. You would not be Penn State. And if you do, whether you agree with me, you don't. Whether you agree with me, you don't. Go check out and our I Twitter. Don't. Go check out our Twitter and respond back to me. I'm gonna put up a poll. We're gonna create and we're gonna validate all of our hot takes here. Respond to us at you thought, the you thought media. Yeah. At you thought media on Twitter. Uh, catch us on YouTube where we're going to put us in segments and more videos. Uh, stay engaged with us. We want to have listeners of the week. We want to have active engagements. And I want everyone to tell me that I'm right, that Penn State would beat Notre Dame. <laughs> and that's going to close out the show today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time.